When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being sick sucks. It just does. And I am. Sorry, folks. But I'm still here. And this is Day After Dynamite because it's Thursday. You know what Thursday means. It means it's time to ignite the dynamite. I'm Will Washington. I'm not alone here. Making his fightful debut. He is... When the bat signal calls, mm-hmm. when we fightful folk, I guess in that case, it's, uh, the, I guess Denise falls under all categories, but when we're feeling under the weather, who better to call? Not the than, Ghostbusters. No, but uh, the producer extraordinaire, he is a name that costs an extra vowel, by the way. Does it's true? It is true. It don't let that don't let that throw you off. Don't let it throw you off. But you know, no. there's some there's some people in AEW who spell it differently, and I try to be okay with it. But you know, That's it right. is what it is. That's right. It is Coltrane himself, Mister Cole Henderson. How you doing, Cole? I am doing wonderful. It's I am so happy to be here. The fightful debut. Uh, does this mean I now have to to pedal everyone and, and chat to give Sean five bucks? Is that is that what this kind of like? Is that is that now kind of what I have to do? Uh yeah, or just get used to saying the word humper chat because humper chat. we do because we, we do our humper chats. Yes. And it's it's a thing that you have to be accustomed to when you're a mm-hmm. part of the fightful family. Thank you for being a part of Day After Dynamite because we talk about things the day after the dynamite. Indeed. And uh last night's dynamite uh was an interesting one because it took place live from the Coca-Cola Coliseum in Toronto, Canada. It was AEW's debut outside of the United States. That's crazy. And uh yeah, it was great. It, it I mean it, it So, let's let's stop there. It was uh uh-huh. it was a great sight. It was a great <laughs> like it was a great visual. It was something different and uh and we're going to talk about a lot of that. We're also going to talk about some of the news surrounding it. Uh Sean got himself a really great scoop going to talk a little bit about that. Um, don't forget, folks, leave us a thumbs up. Also, uh, donate a Super Chat or a Humper Chat. Uh, humperchats.com is the way to leave us a Humper Chat. And the cool thing about those is you can leave them at any time, and we'll try to get to them uh, throughout the show. Uh, if you leave them before the show, if you leave them afterwards, and you're going to have to wait till the next show. But leave them during the show. Also, leave us your Super Chats, and we're going to be reading the chat all throughout the show and hearing what you have to say about last night's happenings as well. Of course, this wouldn't be Day After Dynamite without a uh, a cameo uh, and a stop through, and that means that we're about to be visited by Uh-oh. the one and only Jeremy Lambert. Hey, hey, Will hey, Washington! Hey, hey, hey. Jeremy! How are you? I am good. Well, I'm not sick. actually here I'm to really talk sick. to you. 
I, I'm sorry you're feeling sick. I saw that. I saw. I, I saw your tweet. I, I hope you feel better. Buddy. <laughs> I'm not here to talk to you though, Will. My man Cole, who I've never talked to, who I've never met, at least not face to face like this. Indeed. 2022 Stanley Cup champion. Let's Colorado go. <laughs> last, yes. last, last night was also the banner raising for right. your 2022 uh, Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche. And it was a AEW in Canada. It was like, and and for, for those who don't know, I used to work in hockey. And so this was a big collision of, of worlds last night. So uh, we'll talk about the acclaim putting in Austin Matthews in their rap later. Cause that was, I, I popped very hard for that. <laughs> was a good line. Was a good line. Anytime you work in hockey references, I'm going to pop for it. Or, or Toronto sports. Cause uh, you know, let me tell you, no one makes themselves quite an easy target quite like Toronto sports does. So Christian just immediately out of the gate, like ah, first round losers, bunch of geeks. <laughs> and they, look, they lived up to it last night, losing with 17 seconds left of Montreal. Wasn't they, good. You know, it's just you know another day in Toronto sports. The the circle just it goes on and on and on. I got so many so many stories from those days of of, of working there and just being like, oh my god, Toronto sports, you guys are crazy. So when you think like the first take stuff is 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 rough with uh, with ESPN and sometimes when they you know talk about LeBron and all this stuff, let me just tell you, Canada and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's another oh, level, it's man. Terrible, yeah, yeah. Follow a lot of hockey writers. It's it is terrible. Oh, it's, I it's I, I was just here to say hi to Cole because I didn't know didn't know Cole until like a few weeks ago. It was your birthday, and Sean said happy birthday, and I was like, oh, let's see who this is. I saw the Avalanche paraphernalia <laughs> on on the on the Twitter, and I was like, I don't know him. He's great though. He's an Avs fan. He's he's one of us. Yes. And then we connected. So this exactly. is what I love about the after dynamite and will Washington as well. The forbidden door of wrestling media connecting really me. Cause I'm the only one who jumps in here <laughs> when I want to me with a lot of cool people. So that's why I appreciate you. Will Washington. It is true that uh day after dynamite is kind of the forbidden door of, uh, of fightful in that we get to have so many people stop through. As a matter of fact, next week's guest is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and when people see next week's guest, uh, it's another one of those bridging the gap kind of things, but we'll see who that is. Uh, in the meantime, though, I just saw Sean stop in and then leave. Uh, he's he's got that Canadian internet that just had him connected <laughs> and then immediately exited. That's he was happened. literally just about to stop through, <laughs> yeah. but I guess not. He was going to come say hi to, to Cole, but instead. Well, thank I, you, Jeremy. I'm, yes, I, I I'm going to... Get out. I'll oh, say this on the hockey front. I check out playoff hockey, uh, but my time, my, my sports brain can only be occupied by so much. It's already incredibly saddened and disappointed by my Denver Broncos. And we I talk about them. Oh, oh I have to, because at the same, uh, uh, <laughs> they keep embarrassing themselves. I'm on a the Panthers stage. fan. So like, I got no room to talk. The Panthers are trash. Uh, Sure. <laughs> but like you're not embarrassing yourselves the way Russell Wilson is going out there and uh proving to be like everybody thought oh this is the next Peyton Manning 10 years after the Broncos signed Peyton Manning uh and Peyton Manning happened to be a former Super Bowl winner who th everybody thought was washed but then he came back and had the second run of his career and won another Super Bowl um went to two Super Bowls lost one of them to Russell Wilson. So, like, we thought that this was what was going to happen here, and it just didn't. Hey, there he oh, goes. Oh, there he, he is. Canadian internet. 
Hey, this is how a real fucking man runs in, eh? <laughs> oh, that's for sure. There's no doubt about it. What do we got here? Why, why won't it let me rotate? Because you have a Samsung Galaxy 3. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. Check out this view. Hey. Oh, you can't see it. It's too bright. Yeah. <laughs> Great view of just lights. And then it yeah. unrotated again. I will say you did figure out the screen rotation, though. I have interviewed a number of people who have not been able to figure that out. And, yes. uh, and, and it's like, you know what? Not even going to bother. Let's just do this in portrait mode, and we'll worry it about is, that later. It is so much handier to hold your phone just right side up vertically. Like I see why vertical is becoming such a popular thing now with the kids, because they're not playing around at all they're like no we don't we don't care about seeing that extra six feet to your right in the shot <laughs> we just want to see the action and i respect that but uh yeah i i do i still don't have a ticket to rampage i should probably get one um but do you need me to hit up some people sean like i i know i don't know if you know people but i know people i so don't maybe I, I don't help. but um they were going for like three bucks on game time earlier. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I won't have trouble getting one. Oh yeah. I was looking at those. Cause I was looking at, uh, I just wanted to, I follow tickets a lot. It's a thing uh -huh. I do in my spare time. Um, but I was following how the tickets were doing for yesterday's show. And I was seeing how, um, hard, uh, how high tickets were for like floor seats for yesterday. They were very hard to, to find. And I was seeing that, um, they were still above face value, like hours before the show. Rampage, yeah. on the other hand, single digits for floor seats. Uh, it's people are really struggling to get rid of those. The tickets that I got for last night, like a few, a few weeks before I bought them, were going for twice as much. Then they came back down to earth, fortunately, but they got bought up immediately. And I didn't. Maybe you could lend some some insight on this will because i don't i don't know if you would have known i wonder if the second show also got snatched up by scalpers and then the scalpers was like oh shit yeah i <laughs> think that's exactly what happened is that the scalpers went for both dynamite i think they probably made a killing on but rampage yes. i think they're kind of realizing and My i don't think the card helped by the way i'm sorry but like uh, well, we didn't know what the card was at all until yesterday. And even in the venue, I left only knowing the FTR match because a lot of that stuff didn't play in house. Either that or I was taking a giant piss while it happened. Uh, sorry, uh, I, I'm getting my chicken tendies uh, while, while that was going on. I don't actually like men's wrestling. Uh, I don't respect it whatsoever. During uh, the Nyla Rose backstage segment, you just had to go to the bathroom. I actually saw support. that. I actually don't saw that, Nyla I think. Rose. But the thing uh, is, I was able to go home and watch it and, and know what was, was happening. But yeah, um, there there wasn't a lot to kind of put in. I think maybe that, you know, they got the Ethan Page thing on Rampage. So some of the locals will want to come watch that, which makes a lot of sense. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I kind of figured out before the minnesota pay-per-view like i don't really need to go to rampage before pay-per-view anymore like and or at all maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i i thought going into this month which i believe uh all of the rampages in october 
are all standalone rampage tapings. Yeah. I thought that meant beefing up those cards. And I know at least with this one, that is not the case at all. I just beefed up that A and W with that just A right there. But <laughs> Yeah, I hate uh, it because yeah, I want Rampage to be incredible, but at this point, I don't do the Friday show because not a lot of groundbreaking stuff happens on there. I'll pop in if there's some news that, that I have to, uh, to to send along. But largely, it's just – I don't want to say it's missable because I always end up watching Rampage and SmackDown, obviously. It's just one of those things like I feel like I could miss the show type of thing, especially live, which – I got I to gotta get up at 4 a.m. for my flight. I'm like, mm, should I go to this? I don't know. Overall, though, how was your experience? Oh, it was positive. It was great. Mainly because FightfulSelect.com, within the first like 20 minutes of the tapings, had scoops confirmed. Jody Threat, the Voros twins were, were on uh, Dark, which we were reported. Jody Threat is... I've been tooting that horn for like three plus years. She helped Trish Stratus get ready for her in-ring return. She had a tryout and then the pandemic happened. She's really good. She should be signed somewhere right now. The Boros twins are very unique and they're, they're like TikTok stars. They're TikTok they're, sensations. They're yeah. They do I mean, huge numbers. I, and I mean like beyond huge numbers. Like I posted pictures of all kinds of stuff that happened last night. By far, the Voros twins who got clowned by people who didn't know who they were, were easily the most engagement that I got of anything. Let me look. It is. I know people who don't follow wrestling who know who they are because they know the whole DaVinci bit. Like that's exactly. a thing people know on TikTok. And it has 830 retweets right now. My picture of them being there. It's just the tweet analytics. 450,000 <laughs> impressions 20,000 engagements on that thing and i was just like oh well i know these guys we did an interview with them they did the davinci thing they do actually very funny tiktok videos i think like they're pretty funny but um jody threat was over huge i mean that was a very smart way to kick off that show was by putting jody threat on it and the pace of that event it was like about two hours 55 minutes it was perfect in that sense because they didn't have to film a rampage afterward or a dark afterwards because they're coming back today and doing it uh, i just wonder what they'll do tonight to keep the crowd up and all that yeah i wonder very much as well because i know they're gonna do i think it's just a two-hour taping i think they're just taping dark and really yeah uh i think it's just dark and rampage they may do two episodes of dark uh usually they usually they do i guess they've they've i would love a two-hour taping i would love it i have no idea when it starts uh seven eight something like that i mean it doesn't matter they could do seven and be fine yeah yeah well in this case nothing's there in live so really i would go for the earlier don't sit have, have people sitting there late um, but yeah. Oh, and last thing, you had a huge story today on yeah. an uh AEW recently signed talent, uh that being one Soraya. Yes. And you got some details all over yeah. her exit from WWE. 
So uh, FightfulSelect.com for the full story. Get us back up to 10K, guys. I'd greatly appreciate that. Ask Grapsity will be on today as well. Jimmy Van's doing a special Q&A. But for people that are under the impression that the likes of Christian and Soraya just like, we're, I'm going somewhere that can just wrestle. I can just wrestle. No, WWE offered to let Soraya wrestle. Uh, in fact, WWE, after her deal was up, and we've got a lot of details on her deal coming up, Triple H actively tried to recruit her, made some, I, I've got specific pitches, specific things that they, they like let her know um, about how they would handle this, but they were going to let her wrestle. I don't know to what degree or how often, but it seemed very much like a, she can go out on her terms type of thing. Uh, but I mean, I don't know that she wanted to go out on any terms because she's like 30. If, if even that, <laughs> like 29 or 30. So, um, there's a lot of conjecture and misinformation out there about like, oh, WWE got her this doctor, that doctor. Nope. Didn't happen. Details are on FightfulSelect.com. The only way you will have a more clear, concise picture of this is if she just gets on Twitch one day and she's like, you know what? I'm going to talk about all this stuff. Um, it's there's, there's an awful lot of detail there. And uh, we've got news on an Impact Wrestlers contract today, too. Not Chris Bay. Even though I hit Chris Bay up twice this year, and I said, "Hey, Chris Bay, I know your contract's up in October. What's up?" And he he left me on red. I didn't get to even report that his contract was coming up. He could, Chris, buddy, my friend, you could have got more. You could have got more. <laughs> October is actually a big month for these impact contracts coming up. You of course reported just a few days ago about uh, the Kingdom's contract. Um, and how they were up. We actually talked about that in our interview with Maria. She uh, was so I, refreshingly transparent. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, she was incredibly transparent about that. And to the point of where, you know, she uh, had indicated to us that um, they're uh, possibly not re-signing. And I thought after the Bound for Glory results that I had been worked. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and... Then they had TV tapings out, the next day. Yeah, and then the TV tapings the next day. I'm like, okay. okay. They love doing that. Impact loves doing that, <laughs> man. And NWA's picked it up a little bit. It's just they never take titles off of anybody. They just put a, they just let Tyrus have a 200-year run. Um, and then they create a new title whenever yeah. they, they feel like it. I, I mean, I do think it's kind of kind of fun that they're like, hey, you're the Funkasaurus, so we're going to give you – like give you a, a guy who has the talent of an actual prehistoric <laughs> wrestler this title and you're gonna have like a jurassic reign with it <laughs> but um impact's getting real smart about that but then you got like wrestle votes putting out there wb wants chelsea green and I hit up chelsea and she goes wish they'd tell me that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I'll have more on that this weekend. But, I mean, she wasn't the only one. Like, after the the Billy Batty bullshit, I spoke to Carrie and Cross about, like, what happened with him and that. And I was like, buddy, I hear you're getting a call soon. And he goes, I haven't heard anything. So, I mean, <laughs> there's precedent there. I, I mean, there's extreme precedent there. I spoke yeah. with Dakota, and it was like, hey, so what's going on? Like, right before SummerSlam, what's going on? Yeah. I don't know. Happy Hunter's back. Hope something cool comes. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm working SummerSlam all of a sudden. Like, that's how quickly 
things can move and uh that's especially right now uh if they've got plans they'll they'll put that contract in front of you and uh have three or four people surrounding you pressuring you to sign it and i i sat on a, a little story about specifically dakota signing for a while that i'll probably add some more too but there are a lot of these signings that don't just instill confidence in the main roster because you know you know how political wrestling is. Sometimes people will be like frustrated because they're like, oh, no, I'm losing my spot. I won't get TV time, et cetera. Well, so many of those people didn't have anything to be frustrated about because they still weren't getting TV time, even though the roster was depleted. It was just the same match over and over again. And I specifically heard from some NXT people that were like, well, if they brought back Dakota. That's a very, very good sign because she was one of those sort of hybrid wrestlers where she was an NXT wrestler, but you know that if you plopped her down on Raw or SmackDown, she's going to fit in right there. Like, she's going to adapt, and it's going to be fine. Uh, Wendy Chu is a lot like that. I think Toxic Attraction are a lot like that, too. Like, you know they'll be able to adapt. So that that instilled an awful lot of confidence. So, I mean, right now, I mean, July, August, and September were the, the most brutal months to cover pro wrestling like as far as not getting sleep as far as like just not wanting to do it it was probably speaking out like it, i didn't want to cover anything then it sucked so bad but the last few months have just been brutal and now it's become like fun like just the wrestling is good interesting shit is happening we're gonna see a jeff jarrett 99 situation sooner than later it's gonna happen one day it will happen and Ooh, i can't predict, wait make for a prediction it. make a prediction my prediction is that it'll probably just actually be Jeff Jarrett again. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You know what's funny is I have been kind of in this old something's just wacky up here, but uh, I have been reading old observers from that time period. Yeah. Specifically, I was like, all right, I want to pull up October '99 observers because, like, for those not aware long enough, if you think that like. Meltzer's beef with Vince Russo was like recent stuff. Oh no, no he's been on that man's neck since <laughs> like the mid nineties. And so there's fewer fun reads than Meltzer covering the first few months of Russo in WCW. But see, but in real time, as in like little things yes. where Meltzer's reporting that Russo has given an edict that if anybody has a hold in a match on longer than five seconds, then they're getting fined. Like little things like that. Oh my God. <laughs> where, um, where in, and this isn't real time. This isn't one of those like hindsight kind of things. You're like hearing Belzer report that Russo is actively telling WCW wrestlers, the less wrestling you do, the better. Um, and he's like actively trying to create a show where it's wrestling without wrestling. Um, it's, it's oh. great stuff to read because, uh, I don't know. I love news from the time. That's, that's yeah, of course. And I love that they're all available. So. And seeing how it's covered. I learn an awful lot by reading how the good and bad reading, how things were covered back then. Caden says, have you had poutine yet? Uh, no, but I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed the gravy that the Kentucky wildcats dropped all over. Uh, your college team a few weeks ago, so suck on that one, buddy. <laughs> uh, and by That's the right. way, Shy South Spurs said, uh, Broncos country, let's ride. Oh, God. I, mean, I have a Ford Bronco, so I'll, I'll rock with that now. 
I mean, like riding off. You let your right now we're riding off a cliff. I saw somebody post the um, Broncos country let's ride, and then it said the ride, and it was the the Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Russ has been a free agent for two weeks in my fantasy league. I never thought I'd see the day. It's I bad. saw somebody say they dropped Russ for Geno Smith, which is a tremendous. I good, love it. Good pick it's up. a good, it good pickup. Yeah, it is. It's a really good pickup. Someone who yeah. can throw forward pass these days. It's crazy. Yeah. Buddy, I picked up, uh, what's his name? Taysom Hill, just in case shit happens again. <laughs> just in case some shit happens. All right, no well, I had dynamite to get to now. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Ugh, dynamite. <laughs> who would care? <laughs> We're getting hockey stories, I thought, Will. Uh, that was great just little way lead. to go out. The great little way to go out. All right. Thanks, Bye. Jeremy. Cole, nice Thank meeting you. you. We will talk Good some hockey you. throughout this season. Will, I, I hope you feel better, it. buddy. I Bye, hope everybody. so, too. Going to drink some more water here. You know, everybody Ooh. always says that, by the way. Um, when you have a cold or anything, they're like, stay hydrated. You know what that does for me? I've just been peeing a lot, I, but I don't feel <laughs> I just, any better. <laughs> just go to the bathroom, which means like, and especially like if you've got, if you've got like a cold or something like that, that's giving you aches. It's like, uh-huh. great. Now this is making me get up and down and up and down. Like, I don't want to move right yeah, now at I, all. This isn't working. My head's But throbbing. I'm doing it. Yeah. Every time Should I talk I- to somebody, I'm like, uh, hey, I have been sick. And they're like, make sure you stay hydrated. I'm like, Okay. Cool. Just peeing a bunch, but all right. <laughs> I I think this is helping. It's like it's it's such a mentality thing. I don't, you know, maybe may, maybe there's some kind of elixir in there. I don't know. I don't feel it. Yeah, I don't know. I've uh, done a whole bunch of vitamin C again. Just taking suggestions from people because everybody's got the same suggestion when you say you're sick. Uh, you say, "Oh, I'm not feeling very good." And they say, "Hey, make sure to get some vitamin C and drink some hot tea." Um, and okay. I've actually done all of it. Ate an entire. I ate an entire grapefruit this morning. No, it's a hundred percent of your uh, daily value of vitamin C. And that's that's the vitamin C. This is like the 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 uh, the Phil Mike Granny like advice. Like drink all the water, get your grapefruits, <laughs> and all that. Like you'll feel better. And you know, I'll, I don't know why Grandma's a Monty Python character, but you get the point. <laughs> it's uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, do any of these things work? Who really knows? I mean, I, I like when I get sick, I I find the airborne and 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 do that for 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 like a little vitamin C kick. Does it really help? I don't know. Mm-hmm. In my mind, yeah. sure. I don't know. I think ultimately, like all colds, it's just gonna pass with time. Indeed. So I will be past this probably. Hopefully by Saturday, I'm not all. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, so the um uh eloquent says loved dynamite last night shouts out to srs and yeah as you just saw sean was there um and he's still in canada but yeah uh definitely read that um that soraya story because there's some great details in there and yeah a lot of people kind of took the story of her getting cleared by doc sampson and basically ran with it as a, well, she ran away from WWE because she wasn't cleared there and she ran to a place that would clear her. Not the case. That is not the case. Yeah. And uh, anybody who engages in reporting um, probably shouldn't have even run with that as a, as a narrative because at that point, 
you run the risk when you say things like that of uh, passing your conjecture off as because um, what was a fact was that she was cleared by Doc Sampson. Um, what wasn't fact was uh, where she hadn't been cleared before. So again, just be careful with stuff like that. I've even made that mistake before, right? Where I've had reports, but then I made some speculation about yeah. MJF back in May. And uh, I had a lot of people in my inbox saying, hey, what you speculated there wasn't correct. And I thought, okay, see, and that's the issue you run into where um, when you mix your conjecture in with yeah. like, be, it, it helps to be extremely clear. Uh, it, it helps to be extremely clear about those things like that. So just keep that in mind. You know Twitch. who else? Um, oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, yeah, Twitter. Twitter's just a. It's a funny world as far as like when 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 something gets gets po- You know, someone hits tweet on anything. Like even if it's speculation, it's crazy how far that can be taken into the realm of like, oh, this is actually what's happening. When it's like you have to be. I found that like in Twitter, if you're speculating something, you have to just be like, this is pure speculation. By the way, otherwise someone yeah. will run with it and take it as like, oh, that's that's the candor that's going around. Okay, and like I think we've. I would like to think that at least we've 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 learned that step quite quite a bit as as Twitter has gone on in the year 2022, yeah. and obviously the stuff with Saray has been going on for a long time. Yep, and I've been I, I've I've tried my best to be very clear about when <laughs> something is something that I I'm reporting as uh, something I've at least done some gathering on, yeah. or even stuff I've heard, or just stuff that's off the top of my head. Right. Um, Speaking of which, so um, our buddy Ariel Helwani, uh-huh. uh he set Twitter a storm yesterday uh, with really what I thought was a fairly mild statement about his Tony Khan interview. Um, he called it uh, kind of a frustrating experience. He talked about how, um, you know, he and, and, and for those who have seen it, he pretty much presses Tony Khan six times in a row about CM Punk and the elite doesn't get an answer. Uh, I thought maybe three is probably where you might want to move on. Um, Because, you know, it's, it's, it's all interviewer discretion, right? Like I, I've gotten crap for uh, what people have called softball questions in interviews and things like that. But it's, it's little things where if something is indicated to me that this, that, it's not going to be talked about. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Granted, I know, no comment is news. 
So some people feel like if you can even get somebody to go no comment, you can still make yep. news out of that. Uh, to me, I'm like, okay, I only have so much time with this person. And if they've already indicated to me that they're not going to address this topic, then I need to move on. Um, even if I can, I can try and approach it from different angles, but if you're a good enough read on people, you can kind of gather that, look, they're not going to open up about this at all. Uh, and so, but again, interviewer discretion, it's, it's really up to the interviewer. It's up to the question asker as to whether or not they want to pursue those topics. I remember back at the, um, at the double or nothing media scrum, mm -hmm. uh, Nick Hausman asks the first question to Tony and he says, so what's going on with MJF? And Tony says, I'm not going to talk about that. A whole bunch of people came at us saying, why didn't you press him any further? And they said, because I knew he wasn't going to talk about it. Right. Like, at least that's what I got out of it was that yeah. he said, I'm not going to talk about this. And I, I get one question and I know that if, uh, <laughs> I get one, we all get one question, right? And it's like, okay, Nick's already asked this one. I know what's coming here. If I then say, okay, but really what about MJF? Right. It's a waste of everyone's time. If everyone's just going to ask the same question, then he just stands up there for seven times yeah. and just goes, I'm not going to talk about it. And then he's done. Like then you get nothing out of there. And there were plenty of things that came out of that press conference in, 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 uh, and especially, you know, we all forget about that one. Cause you know, of the, of the one that happened most recently, but uh, you know, like yeah. at, at the end of the day, if you, pr if like, you know, if you're going to press like, you know, Ariel's Ariel's doing, I mean, he was trying to, he had the one-on-one -on -one time and he had mm -hmm. the time allotted for it. He's, he has every right to ask those questions for sure. Sure. Uh, absolutely. And, yeah, uh, and I, it, I think, uh, he does have, I, and I think there's great reason to ask those questions. I think 100%. if you have Tony Khan in front of you, you'd be crazy not to ask those questions. Um, I think that, you know, everything that we've been told up to this point is that it is a legal matter. And, uh, obviously when it comes to legal matters, it's not so much that you can't speak on them, but it's that you probably would, you should. You know, mo most would advise you until things are kind of wrapped and sealed not to in case, uh, you know, things can be used against you. Yes. So therefore I, I get the idea that if there is a legal matter going on right now, that all has to be have a bow put on it. I fully understand that. Uh, but I also get um, Ariel's view on that. Where I think he messed up and he, he pissed off, uh, as he called them, the AEW Freakazoids, was uh, his <laughs> statement that uh, I believe he said that if you believe that AEW programming is better than WWE programming right now, you're lying. That, I think... Mm -hmm is where look pro wrestling is subjective um it's entirely subjective uh everybody's approach to pro wrestling at the moment in time is very very different and some approaches are for some people some aren't and so i think when you make blanket statements like that and you have the size of the platform he has yeah uh, i do think you absolutely run the risk of what he got which is that like if i say if you like Star Wars better than Star Trek, you're lying. Like, I mean, granted, I like 
Star Trek better than Star Wars. Uh, but <laughs> yes, I, I am a Trek guy. I love Star Wars, but I am a Trek you, guy. You and me but, both. We're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have a long, longer conversation about that yeah, before well. <laughs> we before before all of yours go like oh god here come the Trekkies. Look, I I absolutely at some point want to like do a Deep Space Nine podcast and just like fully revisit it. So guess you're calling me. Guess I guess. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, hey, hey, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, you've just seen what can happen here. But <laughs> it's you, coming. <laughs> but you know. Yeah, what you're going to get when you make that kind of a statement, or at least you should, when you have that big of a platform. Again, when you have, uh, when you have things that are divided the way they are, um, in in any way, and then you make a statement, um, you make a subjective statement as fact. You know what's going to happen, um, whether it's uh, as an Android user, right? If I just point blank said, "Look, if you say iPhone is better." you're lying like there are millions of iphone users out there what the fuck are you talking about you know what's gonna happen here when that comes up um it's if you're an xbox player and you say uh um if you say xbox is better you're lying and 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 you could even try to qualify it all you want but the fact is there are fans of specific products and you know that there are people whose products aren't for them um which is why i really feel like like two years ago, I made a commitment to stop making statements like that. <laughs> and my right. commitment was to start using the term not for me. <laughs> that yeah. is has been my go-to phrasing constantly. And I feel like that, in this case, avoids... It should avoid anyway. A lot of times I'll say, eh, that match wasn't for me. And uh, I'll still have my tweets lit up with, that match should have been for you. And I'm like, but it wasn't. What else am I supposed and to that, say? And that's <laughs> the part. Yeah, that's the part. It doesn't make any sense. It's like you're at that point, I feel like saying something like that inv- invites a polite discord, right? Where it's like, or discourse, excuse me, where it's it's a case of, okay, this is not for me. And someone can then go, well, here's why it is for me and explain a, you know, a reasoning to that and not yeah. necessarily to go like, Hey, this is why it has to be for you. Cause at the end of the day, like I feel the same way about a lot of things in wrestling. There are some things that click, some things that don't. And ultimately you're going to like, I'm, I'm willing to see both sides and see where people are coming from to go like, this is why this does it for me, you know? And, and I think that's where, like, that's where the most fun in, in wrestling comes from is, is people will have completely different perspectives on the same thing. Um, yeah. I think the, I think the, the tricky part about the, this situation too, is, you know, I think in his, in the clip that was circulating around, you know, he, he mentions like, Oh, the AEW marks are going to come after me for this. You know, I, I know he's, I know, I know like all of us in this space, we've all, everyone has takes their time and, and effort to recognize the tribalism that can occur in yeah. wrestling Twitter, in the, in the internet wrestling community. It is, it is what it is. It exists. Um, I don't think that's, that's, that doesn't seem to me, the AEW marks weren't even the ones who, who, who like that, 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 that super fan, super fandom, that wasn't the one he riled up. He actually riled up the all the, the WWE guys. And they were all like, yeah, he's so right. And like they, they all started coming in. And that's where I started seeing all of the yeah. all of the all of the just like the communication on Twitter break down over all of this. And you know, it's one thing to acknowledge the tribalism, but like when you acknowledge it, you gotta be aware that like that doesn't mean like you're not going to say something like everything that you say from that point doesn't feed into it because at the end of the day like especially someone who has that kind of 
platform in Hawani, like it's going to make noise and it's going to ruffle feathers. Yep. And Tony had asked, he said, Hey, well, happy to see, uh, happy to see you and hope you are well. What is your opinion on the Hawani comments or will we get that Saturday? No, you got it today. Um, uh, I guess the only thing I'll add is that, like I said, I didn't think what he said about the Tony interview was all that bad. Um, I think he should have known what he was stoking when he, uh, when he brought up his opinion on the shows, which again, yeah, everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's just a matter of then when you say that people who disagree are lying, then that's when you create an unnecessary yes. discourse. And then I thought he, where he really fell apart was his response to what I thought was a fair question, which is, uh, of course, bringing up the fact that Tony wouldn't address this, Tony wouldn't address that. And people were like, well, you didn't even ask Hunter about, uh, and you had him in front of you, like in person, and you didn't even ask him about the Vince allegations, which directly led to his becoming uh, head of creative. Isn't that something you should have asked about? Um, and I thought his response to that was really, really bad. Um, and that that's probably, again, I, I thought that was a, I guess if you're going to play one topic, that's, you know, most would say that's a what about isn't, but again, it's one of those, uh, you know, talking about pressing for questions, pressing for important topics. Like again, CM Punk is one of those things where we all want answers as fans. Uh, once we know we're not going to get them, it's, it's kind of easy to move on. Uh, and I feel like that's another one where as fans, a lot of people do want answers of like, yeah. what, what did Hunter know about any of that? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, what would he be willing to do to change that environment to make sure that that kind of thing doesn't happen again, where he is considering it wasn't just Vince, it was, uh, Vince executives as well. Yes. Uh, so what, is there a plan to fix that? Like that's, that's kind of important stuff. It's a legit, too. That's but, a legitimate question. Yeah. Uh, I thought his response to that wasn't all that great. So either way, those are my opinions on the topic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Tony P brings up, uh, let's see. Tony P says, um, I like both matches, but it does look like, uh, and hang on one second. As a matter of fact, um, can you, I'm getting a really important call. So Uh-oh. I actually need you to kind of, uh, it's time for me to riff. It's time for me to riff. Well, I, I will say, you know, as, as far as just kind of, you know, wrapping Helwani's uh, frustrations here with uh, with with the comments of, of Tony Khan's interview with uh, I, I think a lot of the frustration probably stems more from Tony turning a lot of the questions into kind of ad reads for, you know, Rampage and Dynamite uh, that night going. I think he mentioned the 15 minutes going over a ton of times uh, as far as as far as their their viewership on TBS and TNT for Rampage and Dynamite that week. And anytime you kind of, you know, you get the workaround of, I'm not going to answer this, but hey, make sure you watch this. You start feeling like you're just kind of the PR plug for for a little bit there. So I can understand where some of that frustration comes in. Uh, but maybe it just boiled over a little bit um, into a, a difficult situation. But I've got the YouTube chat up here right now. So I'm going to take a look and and see what we're, uh, what we're getting into here. Uh, someone Redmond Survivor says, what did you think of Renee's debut Cole? Uh, well, you know, I am very excited to talk about this. I'm very excited for Will to, uh, to chime in on this. Uh, 
it's it is it's awesome to see Renee back in uh, back in wrestling um, around actually the the uh, this the same weekend in uh, in Vegas. Um, I was originally running a, a studio for Blue Wire, and that's how I got to meet Will and, and Denise and everybody and host their shows in the Blue Wire studio. If, if you've seen that picture for Grapsity of them all in that studio, that was from those days. Uh, we had Renee that weekend too. Renee is one of the nicest, nicest human beings on on the planet, and uh, someone who whose name you know, that, that rings in, in, in wrestling and it's, uh, you know, she's broken down a lot of barriers and I think, uh, it's, it was, it always seemed like from the outside looking in a a matter of time of just that a matter of time for her to get back into wrestling. Cause it's just something that, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it fits her too well and she's so good at it. And, uh, you know, I think there's, there's not a bad thing to say, as far as, as, as Renee Paquette is, is concerned. And, and I think that makes it a home run and what a great place for her to debut, uh, other than Canada, uh, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and getting that pop and that reaction, uh, was, had to have been an amazing moment for her. I, I, I send all the best. Um, and I'm sure Will will, will uh, will chime in on this as well. Um, I think, uh, I think it's going to help their backstage game a ton. Uh, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's what she was doing for WWE for, for a good period of time. And she was really good at it. She's always been good at main, you know, I think the back, you know, the backstage commenter is also a character. And I think we've lost a little bit of that as far as um, some of the WWE stuff is concerned, but we're getting back to it, which I like. So will, we're talking a little bit about Renee Paquette's debut. Yeah. Renee. So Renee. that was Renee, Renee, Renee. Um, so the, she was announced uh, right before Dynamite. She got her All Elite graphic. Um, this was rumored as far back as Friday that she would be the uh, she would be signing with AEW. Um, WWE actually leaked that one. Uh, in case you didn't figure out by who had that, um, because certain uh, I guess cheese eaters even had that one. Uh, and, and I, I had it as well. Like a lot of, um, people had this one and, uh, that was, I'm, I, I, I can only speculate as to why they would put that one out there and leak that one to the sheets. But, uh, obviously they had attempted to contact her initially and, um, had made some type of move to bring her in. But she is signed. She signed to AEW. I don't know what that actually means in terms of what she's going to be doing. Uh, she talked about it, uh, of course, on the most recent episode of The Sessions. Uh, came out today. She talked about um, how she's been at these shows with Moxley a lot and how she feels like she should be working. That uh, it's hard to just be a guest. She was like, you know, being in catering and sure, I'll grab something to eat or something along those lines. But she felt like she should be doing something when she's there and she is signed. She's there. She's going to be at the shows each week. Uh, it was really good to see her. And that reception she got to open the show was very good. I was very happy with that. Very good and very well-deserved. Uh, and in Canada, too. It just, it just, it was, everything was, was it was all coming together. And I think I, I see a lot in the in the chat here about, uh, you know, the connection of, well, AEW is, is uh, aired on the Turner platforms. What else does Turner have? Hmm. They also have hockey. I'm speculating, of course. 
but what as a fan of 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 her work and what she does and 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 knowing she's done stuff for nhl network uh in the past um i think that's a that's a slam dunk if they can make that work somehow uh i think and i think she would she would love to do that so um you know i think that would be there's so there's so many doors i feel like that this just opens up between as far as the partnership goes in the in a big picture setting yeah and of course um one thing we haven't talked about here is um kathleen finch of discovery and now warner brothers discovery um recently uh did an interview and hollywood reporter had put out her quotes and she had talked about um kind of the future of uh aew which gotta say she was the name people were most concerned about in the merger of um Warner Brothers and Discovery. She was the name people were most worried about uh, having an eye on uh, AEW and whether or not she wanted wrestling content and whether or not uh, the future looked any good for AEW as far as she was concerned. But the interesting thing is that, and of course I've, I've been doing some reporting on this. Look, I talked to people at Warner Brothers Discovery and the people I talked to uh, is... The, the people I've talked to aren't like low level people. So uh, that's the, the piece I find the most interesting. Uh, the, so the, these are people who are kind of have a little bit of an authoritative say, when I talk to them, they're not in PR mode when I'm talking to them. Um, they're, they're giving me their honest opinions about things that are happening in pro wrestling as the whole landscape looks. And as far as AEW looks. So, but one of the things she said yesterday was that they were interested in doing other types of uh, programming, that they wanted non-in-ring content out of AEW, uh, was how she had put it. And I am curious what that means, because to me, that's why I tweeted yesterday, look, if there's anybody good at non-in-ring content for a pro wrestling company, Renee Paquette, she is the one. Uh, if you could give her a sit down interview show every week, like absolutely do it. Uh, I would, <laughs> that she, hundred percent, but yeah, I, I, she... I think it's interesting. Uh, they immediately, the tweets came out of, uh, Tony Khan has done it. And, and it was a picture of WWE backstage and it was everybody uh-huh. that has signed. No, granted, they, cropped, they always crop Booker out of that picture <laughs> because it's the only way that picture works. That's not gonna happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, in, in, for, for all intents and purposes, I just, it's a slam dunk. Uh, I don't, I, there's yeah, great signing. I challenge anyone to say anything bad about it. It's not going to happen. Um, and so here we have, uh, she introduced Christian. Christian makes his way to the ring or not to the ring. He makes his way on the stage, cracks on the, um, the Toronto crowd a little bit to bring out Luchasaurus, uh, who comes out to face Jungle Boy Jack Perry. As that is his full name now. Yeah. They went back for one week, which I think was just like a mistake. I think somebody just like didn't have their notes in order and right. accidentally ran Jungle Boy again. But he is officially and fully Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, and he and Luchasaurus went out there and had themselves a bit of a match. Uh, I, uh, some of the things I liked about the match were the fact that, uh, I thought they worked it as two people who dislike each other. Yeah. Um, I think that 
I bought very much their hatred in the match. I bought very much the... Uh, I bought Luchasaurus as somebody who wanted to get the best... Uh, not just the best of Jungle Boy, but to hurt Jungle Boy. Um, yeah, I bought all of it. And uh, I thought it came off great. I thought it was a really good match. Crowd was really into it. Crowd was actually kind of split. I can see yeah. that, right? Because you have half the crowd who likes jungle boy as a performer i think half the crowd also does like luchasaurus but also luchasaurus is tied to christian who is yes canadian um and uh yeah i liked it um i know luchasaurus isn't really for everybody and like you know i think part of luchasaurus's appeal is that he always had such a great hot tag that's why i wasn't so down on i mean that's why i wasn't so up on splitting them in the first place right? right because i think that what Luchasaurus does best is uh, hot tag spots, is is working the comeback spot in the match off of Jungle Boy being beat down like he does so well in that. And I think that when you take that element from him away and you essentially leave him to be just a singles performer, I don't know if he has as much to offer in that regard. But all that said, I thought they both delivered. Uh, Luchasaurus, of course, gets the win due to Christian's interference. Uh, but Jungle Boy had some some pretty close ones. Jungle Boy hit that Poison Rana in this match. Yes. Oh my God! And it looked like Luchasaurus was like flipping in slow motion. What's yeah. going on? Yeah, I think that was. Uh, yeah, I think they. You, I think you hit the nail right on the head as far as like this was this was a match that had the animosity in it. There was there anyone who goes the I need my storytelling in wrestling. There it was there was a good amount of storytelling within the wrestling here, and uh, you could tell the mixed emotions of 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 jungle boy and like he i think he even in, at one point like like literally put his like head to his head and was like you were my best friend and before he you know hit a move on him and then of course hitting kill switch uh on yeah. on luchasaurus always always a good touch to to take the manager's finisher luchasaurus like on his knees because yeah. like a kill switch <laughs> otherwise would look incredibly weird uh <laughs> luchasaurus did, being that much you'd have to like yeah i don't know if his spine can contort like that because of the size difference so he he needed to he needed to take a seat i mean honestly you know, for the 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 usual words you hear of like, well, I don't just like matches. I like um, matches to have story. All five matches that were advertised for last night. Now, granted, there were six matches because one got added on. But all five advertised matches all had story going into them. All had kind of significant story going into them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy still has some revenge to get on his folks in Jurassic Express. Yes. Uh, and so what came next? Was it the uh, the tag team match that saw? Yes. Uh, Factory and Warjo. Or uh, Factory. Yeah. Was it Warjo? Yeah, it was Warjo. Warjo. Um, and we'll, we'll talk uh, about ratings in a sec, guys, as I can see you all arguing ratings in the chat. And uh, there's a segment of this show for that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also before that, uh, Renee did her first backstage hit, and it was uh, it was Ethan Page and Matt Hardy right. in private party. I am curious what happens there uh, because they put a big stipulation on Rampage this week where a private party. Uh, so they revealed that private parties' contracts have been purchased. Um, so uh, Andrade no longer owns them; they now belong to the firm. But that. Uh, there will be a match that will see Ethan Page take on Isaiah Cassidy on this Friday's Rampage. 
actually taped tonight. And if uh, Ethan Page wins, he not only continues to own private parties contracts, also owns Matt Hardy's. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what do you want with that? (laughs) I know. And more than that, what? Yeah. Like, I I thought the one part I don't want to see from the firm is them owning anybody's contract. I mean, I don't want to see Matt Hardy with the firm. If there's anybody who fits in less with this already misfit group of people, it's Matt Hardy. Yes. Especially the direction they seem to be going with Matt Hardy. I was, I mean, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed the, the stuff that's kind of gone, gone around as far as like, you know, him in his backstage segments and, and, and saying he's sorry to everybody and asking them to beat him up. Cause I, I am a unabashed huge fan of broken Matt Hardy. I am. I am. I just, I love it. I eat, I ate that shit up constantly, you know, like at the end of the day, like I was like, Ooh, is this how we're going to break him again? Like I'm always looking forward to that. This doesn't fit that storyline. So I'm always like, I'm like, what, what exactly is going on? And with the firm being like a group that's like, you know, advertised as, you know, they're together for a very specific time and you won't necessarily see them all together all the time. Them adding members seems like a interesting, it doesn't, that doesn't seem to correlate, but. Yeah. I see no reason to add private party to that group. I mean, look, private party and Stokely sounds like a great combination. Yes. Private party with Stokely and also the ass boys and also W Morrissey and also Ethan Page doesn't make any sense. And then also Ethan Page, he shouldn't be losing. So like no. I this is like a complete no-win situation for me. I don't want to see either side win this match. Right. Yeah, I don't it's not sure what's going on there. Uh but also yeah, we got to we got to heat, heat Ethan Page back up cuz yeah. That dude is just he's dynamite on the microphone and 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 he's 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 great in the ring too. So like we got to I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to feel about this. I think uh, we both kind of have the same reaction of like, huh? What? Hey. Yes. <laughs> so then we had the uh, War Joe versus Factory match. We saw QT Marshall take on or tagging with Nick Camarado, taking on Wardlow and Samoa Joe. It's basically just a showcase of Wardlow and Samoa Joe, but. After they get a quick victory, they are interrupted by the embassy. It's the first time we've gotten to see Prince Nana on the mic in AEW. Mm-hmm. I'll always love that. I'll <laughs> always take that. And uh, so, okay, I have to sidetrack for a second because the chat is just like all over the place. Uh, and uh talking about some of the stuff warner brothers is doing because I, I i got called out for something yesterday and i just want to address this real quick. sure so somebody noted to me that warner brothers shouldn't be celebrated for keeping AEW when they're cutting all the jobs they're cutting two things can be true here um and that i as a warner brothers fan is fan of pretty much I, there are a few properties in my life that I'm not a fan of, or that I'm a fan of that like aren't owned by Warner Brothers, right? Like I'm a big Batman fan. I uh, I love most things DC. 
um, grew up on Cartoon Network, uh, watch a whole lot of HBO. I recognize that the stuff that they're cutting is shitting on a whole lot of jobs and it's not good. Um, that Warner Brothers was shedding money for a long time. Not good. And that's not what I want to see. Of course, I want to see. Uh, I still want to see the, the Batwoman movie happen. I, there's a lot of things I, I still want to see. And I believe we should see. I also do recognize that I'm also a fan of professional wrestling. And I do recognize that when companies want to cut costs, but continue to produce original content, the easiest way to do that is professional wrestling. And uh, so like between those two things, it's, I can see how professional wrestling is going to benefit from cost cutting uh, when it comes to still wanting to put out original content. I also recognize that a lot of my favorite content out there is being harmed by this. I can recognize more than one thing. Now, yes, as being said in the chat, Cartoon Network is still going to be a channel, but the studio has pretty much been absorbed by Warner Animation Studio, so it's not necessarily going to be producing its own content per se. But look at how cable's been going as a whole. Cable is in a lot of ways becoming a hub for streaming shows and adding commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cable networks are basically just taking the stuff from their streaming platforms and just adding commercials and that's pretty much it. And that's a lot of what we're seeing here. Uh, so it's 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 going to be... We are definitely in a transformative period for the way we consume television. I was even just having a talk with my daughter just yesterday about, like, cable and how, like, what the hell is cable to her? Right. She doesn't care. Um, Wild? She's going to, like, grow up, and that's not going to be, like, that's not the thing. Like, that was, for for us growing up, it was, like, cable was everything. Like, it's Yeah, cable was the place to find stuff, right? But, like, for her, she's... She even doesn't even realize that her favorite shows are all cable shows, right? Like yeah. she's her favorite shows are all Disney Channel shows and I'm like, "Well, Disney Channel is a cable network." And she looks at me like, "Okay, I don't watch it on cable. I watch it whenever I want. I'm not going to sit around and wait for the newest episode of Raven's Home. I <laughs> wait for uh, I it just it, when it pops up on my app, that's when I watch it." I'm like, "Okay. All right, fine." Right. Uh, but anyway, this led to, of course, FTR making their way down. FTR introduces Sean Spears. Big pop for Sean Spears. He's back in 10 mode. Um, he did say in an interview recently that he warned Preston Vance that he was coming back for it. Uh, Preston Vance even said in an interview that he was talking about um, it was with Robbie Fox, and he talked about Sean Spears giving him the blessing to be number 10, but ultimately... Uh, Sean Spears is coming back and when he comes back he wants his 10 gimmick back uh, he came back and he is doing the 10 thing he's again. got it he's, it's he's back got it. and he will be teaming with uh, he'll be teaming with FTR this week to take on the embassy cool it's happening on Rampage yeah um, I think uh, I think it was interesting that 
uh, I think wasn't the last time that we saw Sean Spears, wasn't it with, uh, wasn't it in the cage match with uh, him, him and MJF and Wardlow and his first appearance, he comes out. It's with Wardlow in the ring. I think they, they had a little interesting, uh, a little interesting back and forth. in in I I appreciated that actually. I appreciated that Sean Spears comes out. He's high five and FTR and then him and Wardlow kind of look at each other at first. And he gives kind of a look of, all right, I know, I know I was MJF's guy. It's weird that like the pinnacle is just back in full form, <laughs> except for MJF. Except uh, for, for MJF. <laughs> they'd even said they're advertised this week in the match. Uh, it says the pinnacle versus the embassy. Um, they are the pinnacle. The only person missing from the pinnacle right now is MJF. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we then saw. A, a uh, uh, what came next? Uh, I've got so sort, 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 and 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 father ass. And, yes, daddy ass, Billy Gunn, the one Billy Gunn. Uh, no, I'm sure he wants to forget that gimmick altogether with his sitcom theme song. Um, so Swerve versus Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn has been a topic this week because Degeneration X had their reunion. Union on Monday, sans Billy Gunn. But the crowd still got to do it. Road Dog did his. The Road Dog, Jesse James, and then the crowd did the badass Billy Gunn. Um, oh, they're saying my mic went bad. You gotta um, tell me about these things, ro- Cole. Oh, Robot Will. Robot Will is back now. I'm hearing it. I wasn't hearing it for a second. Now now I'm hearing it. It was it seemed it seemed to, to be a stream thing. Hello, everybody. I'm in the middle of the screen. All right. Well, let's let's keep talking about Swerve and and and, and Father Ass. Yes. Daddy yeah, it's all good. Out. I just have to refresh when I do that. Da- Daddy uh, ass coming uh, out, and and degeneration X is 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 where you were. So yeah, so um, D. So, so one thing, real quick. I recognize, and I should have talked about this on Raw post show this week. Uh, Road Dog called themselves Degeriatric X. Thought that was a good gag, good line. However. He didn't refer to him and Billy Gunn as the old age outlaws. And I thought that was just money left on the table. That's, that's a missed <laughs> opportunity. It's sitting Com- right there. Complete missed opportunity. Um, and I don't know. But either way, Billy Gunn don't look like an old age outlaw, though, because that man took his shirt off and was was Billy Gunn. Uh, yes. Still just tall and jacked. And that man is almost 60. And it's uh, wild. Yeah. He faced Swerve Strickland. Uh and crowd was way into it. Billy Gunn was really over. Uh and the acclaimed still really over. Of course, Max Caster cut his rap on Swerve. Uh had some good digs in there. Uh got some Canada pops. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and anytime you mention Austin Matthews in 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 Toronto and 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 in a positive light. Uh, after we had already dug in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and their playoff record, the Blue Jays blowing a huge, uh, huge lead in their wild card game, we need to give them some. Give, give, give the people what they want. You know, uh, this was really the first opportunity to truly establish Swerve as a conniving heel, and uh, he he did just that when he hit the Swerve stomp at the end. One, two, Billy Gunn kicked out, and Swerve looked flabbergasted by this uh 
my hope was that he was just going to then go in there and hit him with three house calls. (laughs) 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 And then they like have to put Billy Gunn on a stretcher or something. But instead, uh, he goes for the house call and Billy Gunn rolls out of the way. Uh, Swerve then um, rolls him up and holds onto the ropes for a cheap one, two, three. Then tells the camera to suck it. Uh, as the acclaimed make their way out to help Billy Gunn out, they are interrupted by Smart Mark Sterling, who has revealed himself to be a trademark troll and has revealed that he actually trademarked the term Scissor Me, which actually exists, by the way. His trademark on that, if you look that up, actually exists. Oh, yeah. They at least went far enough to... To make right. sure that that's a legitimate trademark filing, he does own the trademark on scissoring and determined that uh, if the acclaimed use it again, he will sue them. So which, which I don't know if you've looked on, I don't know if you've looked on Twitter, but they, they seem to have no problem still tweeting out any scissoring stuff and, and, yeah. and, and, and all the, all the wardrobe, but you know, you gotta, it's, you know, you can't just not. It's too good. It's too hot. <laughs> it's too good. It's um, too hot. I will say Swerve is 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 getting there and he's getting there very quickly as a top performer in AEW. I knew he would. Um, yes. and that part of that was just in knowing what they wanted in signing him uh when they signed him back in uh March, but also Guys, if you've been following me long enough, you should know I have all the faith in the world in that man. I'm literally wearing a shirt that has Swerve in the rain doing that. Hey, uh, you know, so- sometimes sometimes you, they refer to you on Twitter as Swerve's cousin, and it's like, you yeah, know, I know. You know he yeah, has a name, got, by the he way. He has a name, and it's, <laughs> definitely, and it's definitely Cal California. Will Washington's just a front. There's no doubt about it. 100%. Uh, that's really primarily the reason that I'm on here is to really investigate yeah. that. So I'll get, I'll, I'll have a scoop on that later. But um, uh, he, he, um, but no, I, I see big single things for him and 100%. you can see it starting to play out uh, right in front of us. Uh, there's a stat that's going to be quite interesting and you'll see in a little bit. Um, not now. I'm not going to bring that stat out yet, but it's a great stat. Uh, and so that was that. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think uh, the 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 moment I I definitely enjoyed with all the DX stuff happening on WWE television is is Daddy Ass is lining up the Famouser and he goes to like start the 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 suck it to go into it and he immediately just turns it into the scissor. Yeah, uh, that that got that definitely got a reaction uh, from it the did. crowd. Crowd, it was. It. I think he he definitely bought into the you know I'm 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 doing the hot thing right now. I'm part of one of the hottest, if not the hottest thing in, in wrestling right now. It's crazy how, (laughs) how, and it's amazing. Just like going back and watching, like just like entrances for the acclaimed, like February, March. Like if you go back and watch any of the entrances there, that crowd is like, eh, okay. Like they're so like indifferent to everything and they'll like still pop for casters lines. But like that, like it would be like, a, oh, like that, that would be kind of it. And now, like you hear the alarm of their of their entrance ring and that crowd just absolutely loses their mind. Um, 
So it's it, it's great to see what they're doing. I think this has been awesome for for Swerve. I think Swerve is 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 one of the the best right now going in the ring that can really tell a match with everything right here. And I love yeah. wrestlers who can do that. Like there there it's MJF can can is is one of those who's really good in the ring with his face. Swerve also just like every every everything is done with intent and it's meant to tell you know, you, you can really see what he's kind of going through in his mind uh, through that. And that could be a real, that's a really, really hard skill to to master, but he's got it. I think so too. Uh, so MJF is backstage and before he could talk, he's interrupted by Stokely mm-hmm. and he, he is very annoyed. Uh, uh, he tells, uh, Oh, the robot robots uh, coming back. Oh, come on. It's right at the beginning of, of every time we try to go on to a new segment. I know. Here comes here comes the robot. Ah. So yes, well we'll, we'll be talking about yes MJF. The the only thing, and I will say, and I, I'm 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 excited to hear what Will thinks about this. But and the hard part um, is, it's just this show. And it's just—is it really? Yeah, I did. This doesn't happen on Grapsity. We're literally about to do at the top of the hour. Ask Grapsity. Are you saying? Are happen. you saying it's my fault? Am I? No, am I to this, blame? This, happen, this happens day after Dynamite all oh, okay, the time. Just day after it's a regular okay. day after Dynamite thing. But uh, I have a feeling it's when it's just two people. I think it's something with Maybe. that. Yeah. So anyway, anyways, MJF backstage, Stokely. Yeah, uh, but he tells Stokely he's. Uh, that the him being interrupted is strike two, and uh, he tells Stokely to take his Carlton Banks uh, wardrobe wearing ass out of his shot, and then he addresses. I thought MJF got real deep here. Um, he talked about how uh, being the bad guy and having to wake up in the mirror and see himself and he talked about how you guys hate me um if anybody hates me it's me you don't you guys have to you know deal with me on wednesday nights i have to see myself in the mirror and know that i wake up having to be the bad guy um this felt like some of the first signs toward building sympathy for mjf uh and i can't help but wonder where this is all going because i can't trust mjf he's built sympathy with me before uh he cut that promo with cm punk that got a lot of sympathy and then turned on us i i feel like that's probably where this is going but in the meantime it's interesting it's very interesting it is i i i've when i initially heard this promo i had some mixed feelings about it because i do i do feel like that that promo and and it was because like we've gone down this road before with, with MJF. It was very, very similar uh, to the, to the promos he was cutting with, uh, with redacted um, that, uh, that were happening a few months ago. I, you know, what's, what's interesting. I want to get your thoughts on this. Will, do you think it was interesting that they had that be a backstage segment and not get an MJF pop and have it, have him do it on stage? Do you think it would have had the same effect? I just feel like if MJF is there, They've been getting so many big reactions with MJF coming out. I thought it was interesting that it was backstage. Um, I think they probably wanted to reserve some of the MJF reaction stuff for... Because I feel like you, you see what happened when MJF was just in the crowd there, right? Like, he definitely helped derail the segment. Oh, we're um, definitely going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and by the way, Ryan Ben says, uh, Stokely, uh, Carlton Banks outfit wearing ass. OMG. Okay. <laughs> hey, I have to ask. Bah. Because it all depends on who's hosting. Shout out to Ryan Ben for being part of uh, so many of our shows that we do. Uh, I, I love seeing your name in the, the chats. So you're usually there when me and Denise are hosting a show. Denise says Orion Ben. I say Orion Ben. Which is it? Because both of us have said it very differently. And I it's... have to know at this stage. I think this 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 uh, lays into the uh, Trekkie side of both of us, and like <laughs> thinking space and like the Orion Belt or something like that. But I I read I read that as Orion. Yeah, same. I need to know though because I'll sit there with Denise and she'll and read I, your chat I, messages and go Orion bid, and I'm like, is it? Who's right, right here? If you if you need me to pick up some cheap heat with uh, with Hollywood <laughs> Salcedo, you just go like, no, Cole said it's Orion, and then you know, then you can just deflect. So you know, whatever you, whatever you need, I'm here for you. No, I I read it as Orion. But I okay, well we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> We, uh, <laughs> whatever, and I'll take any opportunity to bury my dear friend Denise. Um, but hey, check us out where he hosts after the week every Sunday at. <sighs> Can I tell you, Cole? Uh oh. What she told me this week because she's on vacation this week. Yeah, Denise Salcedo's on vacation this week. Is it vacation? But, I, thought she, I thought she was working. She's working, but she's going to have some fun. Okay. But either way, Denise in Mexico this week. And we're still doing after the week. But the time we're doing it. Oh, yeah. So originally she told me 8 a.m. my time. And I was like, Denise, I showed her my alarm. I was like, I wake up at 8 a.m. on Sundays. What are we doing here? We got to move to nine. Nine's the more reasonable time. I almost had to do a podcast at 8 a.m. It's cool, though. YouTube.com slash Denise after the week. I No, 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 no comment. I'm I'm in California. If I say anything on here, I don't know. She might pop up. But, like, that's the thing, know, right? It's like um, that would have been 7 a.m. It would have been time. early. That is early. Uh, yeah. I can live with what we're doing. So check us out at a special time, uh, which is going to be 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so anyway, we had the next segment, which I thought was masterclass stuff. John Moxley addresses the world. Uh, John Moxley addresses uh, the world championship. He talks about what it takes to be a world champion. We've heard that kind of stuff from Moxley before, but this mm -hmm. stuff was great. He talked about how you don't have uh, time to be anxious when you're world champion. You don't have time for all of this, all that, uh, the things that the championship um, requires, that it's not easy. It's not all fun and games. There's constant target on your back. Everybody wants something from you. People crumble under the pressure, self-destruct, some faster than others. Um, wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, nudge, yeah. not a me, not a me. Wink, wink. Uh, and then he said, and he loves it. He loves this job. He will absolutely take this job. 
Um, and that brings him to Hangman Adam Page. Hangman then makes his way out. They go face to face. Hangman was world class here. Yep. Hangman Adam Page. Um, he talked about being proud of the fact that, you know, all the things Moxley said about him last week. He said it meant a lot coming from Moxley because he holds Moxley in high regard. He thinks Moxley is a great husband, great father, great man. Uh, but one thing stuck out to him that Moxley said last week where he said that uh, he called him called a, him a kid. He, well, specifically, he said he was a good kid, right? Or not yeah, like, good kid. Uh, yeah, something along those lines. And Paige took exception to that because Paige turned around and said that uh, having been here this whole time, he's had friends come and go. It was like the first time that the elite has really been addressed in a while. Though, if you've been watching Dark and Dark Elevation, Brandon Cutler has been excellent. So I think Brandon Cutler doing the best work of his career. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen this week's Dark Elevation, and I don't watch Dark Elevation every week, but somebody said, go out of your way to watch um, Brandon Cutler out there with Serpentico. It's going to be one of the funniest things you've ever seen. And then watch his match with uh, Kip Sabian. I watched both. First off, Brandon Cutler coming out there. He's still repping the Elite. He comes out to the Elite theme song. He's out there, the Elite. He <laughs> blows the cold spray everywhere. He is, honestly, Cutler. Like, Redman in the chat said Cutler versus Serpentico five stars. Like, honestly, um, as far as, like, jokey fun matches, it's up there. <laughs> and, uh, Cutler has been quite a hoot as um as and on his own without the elite there but like still trying to rep the elite it's actually really great stuff and uh i didn't really know he had that in him but uh either way other than that stuff this is really the first time that i feel like the elite's really been addressed um page talked about how his friends in the dark order are all disappearing and uh, yeah, Graham B says, well, Brandon Cutler equals live action Waluigi, <laughs> and I love it. That's a good way to describe him. He really is. <laughs> he's, so, he's so great, though. Like, honestly, if you had told me two years ago that I would find Brandon Cutler as entertaining as I find him right now, I would not have believed you. I mean, I'm like, oh, the D&D guy? Yeah, no way. But honestly, as just like elite stooge who's still trying to keep their name and presence alive, whew, great stuff. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, and he talked about how his former friends all gone, uh, but he's still here, and he wakes, he says, uh, you know, he can't sleep at night, he's depressed, the meds ain't working, great line there, too, uh, and he says he's a father, he's a husband, he's had to bury people, lower them into the ground, he's brought new life into this crowd, just like Moxley, uh, and he does all of that because he is a man, damn it. Then he punched himself in the gosh dang oh face, my busted God. himself open. Uh, but I felt all of this from him. Really, the only thing that really hurt this promo for me, I wouldn't have put MJF out there. Definitely oh. wouldn't have put the spotlight on him. Um, and I think, you know, because the crowd then started chanting for MJF. But, like, Hangman did excellent promo work here. Moxley, I thought, was good as always. 
I didn't realize how much I wanted to see these two with each other. But Moxley and Paige, I am ready for it next week. Paige also, obviously he didn't intentionally make himself bleed. But he played it off well. Because uh, when he wiped his forehead, he wiped it on John's white shirt. Yep. Great touch. All of this, this was an A-plus five-star segment. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the MJF stuff, I thought this was the one of the best promos segments I've seen all year. Uh, yes. Just intensity between two guys. And not just that, but it made me realize kind of what's been missing in pro wrestling across the board. Uh, and that is... And I don't mean this as a, like, oh, ha, 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 tribalism kind of thing. But I mean this... This is one of those segments where I can't accept the idea that uh, across the board it's being done better in WWE because this is one of those things where what I mean, what I mean in what's missing across pro wrestling, I mean, impact, I mean, WWE, I mean, anywhere there's pro wrestling happening. Two guys intensely competing over one world championship and intensely wanting the world to know that they want it because of what it represents is something that I forgot I'm actually missing out on right now. Moxley telling us how much the title means to him, how hard it is to have that title, but that this is something that he is willing to do because of what the championship represents. Hangman then telling us what the championship represents, how he let it slip through his hands. Again, lots of punk references here, by the way, because he referenced how he, in a moment of weakness, let it slip through his hands at double or nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Two guys who just intensely want this championship and want to want it to represent this championship. I I love it. This it is was great old, stuff. Old school, I think, is is the way I, I would define it. Just like it's like two guys who just want it so badly and 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 making making the title fight about the belt and what it means. You know, that's, 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 it's a tried and true method of, of getting, of getting people to, to care about a wrestling card. Sometimes you don't need to overthink it and, and, and make it very character driven sometimes. And, and sometimes, and I'm not saying like both, both sides work just as fine. I think what WWE is doing with, with the title, like they've turned the title picture into succession and I'm kind of digging it mostly because of Sami Zayn, but uh, yeah, you like, know, it's, it's, it's not a knock. Like, course, uh, cause you know, course. my main, my main gripe, cause I have said before, I love Roman. I love what Roman's doing. My biggest gripe with what Roman's doing is that I don't feel like the rest of the card cares. And that's the problem I've had. I've had this issue where it doesn't feel like anybody else. Like we had and and part of it's because he's gone for so long, but I feel like it doesn't seem like the rest of the card is like, Hey, I want to be that guy. I want to be the champion, make me the champion. And like, it doesn't feel like, like, I feel like somebody should have a problem with Logan Paul stepping on yes. stepping on their toes. There should yeah. be somebody on the roster going, wait, 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 wait. I've been here yeah. fighting my ass off. I want to challenge for that championship. Like, at least say it. Like, I want people to feel aggressively angry about wanting the championship. And that's just the thing. I forgot how much I've wanted. But I want to see people get emotional over the title, about yeah. wanting to be the guy. 
and I love it. It's great, great. Stuff. And it, and it's it's playing right into to what this 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 Mox title run has been, which is is the importance of that belt and 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 what it means as far as 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 carrying the banner and carrying the flag for the company, especially in the wake of everything that uh, that happened at All Out. And I yeah. think yeah, I was I was so so bummed when Paige got done with uh, just some of some of the most like passionate incredible promo work i've seen this year maybe in uh, quite some time um i mean everything from punching himself in the head and he's probably giving himself a black eye for tuesday um but everything up to that point and then for the crowd to all of a sudden go mjf mj i was like yes, no that, i know why? that i no. hated that hated it so much i oh, did not want uh, mjf out there um, no, like, and, and at least I wouldn't have put the spotlight on him. I would have just had him sitting there. You know um, what I? You know what I think? Like there, what seems to be the problem with those segments? Because every every time they've done these segments with those two, and, and MJF is sitting up there, I feel like they just need to reserve showing MJF for the end. Like him being there the whole time and him being always a focus, like during the promos, I think has been really hurting it, um, and and really hurting the energy of the crowd because now the crowd feels like it's got to like pay attention to two different things that are happening at the same time, and I feel like you can still get the effect that MJF is watching closely by like once they're done with their promos show MJF in the crowd, like enjoying himself, having a good time. But because, the, and, and even like grand slam was the worst case of it. Cause they kept cutting the two box yeah, during the match. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, stop, what are you doing? So, you know, I think uh, there, they, he doesn't need to be like over the entire segment. I feel like MJF can be on at the end. Yeah. Um, Tom says, Mox passionate, Hangman passionate, MJF sitting quietly. The three current belt contenders and MJF's passion is highlighted by his silence. Um, I mean, MJF wants to be the best and he wants the championship. And another thing that um, highlighted was, so we have kind of the polar opposite, right? With the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship where Chris Jericho is trying to show that he doesn't care about any of this. Um, And, uh, but it means a lot to Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho went out there, and these are guys that you can trust in to have a great match. Uh, this was possibly my favorite match they've had on in AEW. Um, Alan Marks, by the way, says, here's the difference between AEW and WWE. AEW allows performers to fully own their characters, while WWE forces their performers to fit into someone else's vision of their characters. I feel like that's kind of starting to change now a little bit, and hopefully uh, that's definitely a Vince problem. Vince, for sure, yes, uh, especially in the last couple of years, was very much like, I don't care who I hired. You're here to play the role that I want you to play, uh, more so than anything else. Uh, We saw that with Bearcat Keith Lee, right? Uh, but I really enjoyed this match. Uh, Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. I thought Brian was really smart. So first off, Jericho makes his entrance. Starts with Judas, cuts to uh, his Lionheart theme. Crowd is not happy about that and sings Judas on their own. That <laughs> it took me a minute to even realize what they were doing. But because I start listening, and then once I hear "What have I become?" I'm like, "Oh, they're actually singing Judas um, on their own." That's actually kind of cool. They were because I swear Canada was like, "We there is no way in hell we came to this show to see our home country guy Chris Jericho out here 
and not get to sing Judas. Are you yeah. crazy? And they did it anyway. They did it anyways. Yeah. So I thought that was great stuff. But uh, um, and they're asking in the chat: Has Daniel Bryan fought Chris Jericho in WWE? Yes, twice. Uh, Je- Bryan's first WWE match was against Chris Jericho, and then they also faced each other on the. Uh, I don't know if it was the Go Home, but I know it was before Elimination Chamber 2013. Uh, but yeah, um, and Ace is saying that their All Out match was better. I don't know. I thought that this had a little more structure. Like, granted, it had uh, this has the had a commercial break, but I just thought having this incredibly hot crowd um, and the change in dynamic because Brian could sense that the fans weren't all there for him, and he played up and played into that. And worked a little bit of some healness here. I I love when he does that. By the way, it's so yeah. much fun. <laughs> like, cause yeah. his face, like you'll just see the character just like it's like a switch just flips, and and you just see him goading everybody. It's mm, it, he's just he's so good at just flipping on a dime with whatever's going on and and getting a feel for the crowd. Yeah, no, I I love this. I love this match. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, of course, there's a ref bump spot. Ooh, what does this mean? Uh, and so Daniel Garcia makes his way out and he, he, ma- cracks. he, ma- he makes his way out. Is, is that how we're uh, the, 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 you know, everyone was talking about what a run with your elbows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ran down to the ring and grabbed the belt, cracked Brian Danielson. I won't say that I didn't see this coming like two weeks ago. Because I did. Uh, I thought the turn was actually going to happen last week. I thought it was kind of clear in the, uh, the the Grimace promo. And or I guess that's what I've been calling it in my head. Because they were all wearing purple and all looked like Grimace. But um, in, the, uh, in the big Grimace promo, Chris Jericho. Uh, <laughs> I felt like Garcia there. That was the first hint that he was probably, at least for now, going to be staying with Jericho Appreciation Society. Um where I noticed he never officially declared himself out of the group. Even when he challenged him to the match and said, Brian, as my partner, it was always like kind of a, it felt like a friendly wager more than, than actually battling them. Um, and the, the, the ultimate lesson that we ended up getting here was it's clear Garcia is seeing Jericho's not wrong with everything Chris Jericho has been doing this whole time, uh, he, he's been winning. It's been working for him. It worked at all out. It worked at, uh, um, it worked at grand slam to win the title. It worked in that tag match. Uh, Brian, on the other hand has been losing. Brian lost to John Moxley. Like clearly Daniel Garcia is seeing, with his own eyes, what works and what doesn't. Now, after the turn, of course, fans were not happy. Uh, Twitter has not been happy. They all embrace Garcia in a hug, and he still looks a little bit hesitant, as if to me to say, I'm going to have to take these guys down from the inside (laughs) because clearly everything they do has been working. And I do think that he will ultimately end up on the other side but i don't think it's as simple as uh brian courted me so he's gonna take me uh i think it is gonna be more of a systematic destruction of the jericho appreciation society 
Um, but he didn't seem fully embracing when they hugged him. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, he's he's really he's uh, the I think the initial reaction to to everything happening there was definitely any and even for me too being like wait hold on a second what is what is what is going on here we've been teasing going one way and here we go we revert right back to kind of where where we stood uh just a few weeks before and i think i think probably where twitter gets a little bit annoyed with this storytelling is because i think we've seen it we've seen this happen with brit and jamie just recently so we've had like that oh the turn's gonna happen the turn nope and you know it's a it's a once once it happens twice it happens i think that's like viewing it just at that face value is what's getting people going on twitter right and and i feel like AEW has done this before right where like they've teased they've had people seem like they were gonna go one way and then don't like god wardlow and mjf went on for a year and a half before (laughs) like the actual turn happened i don't think jamie and brit's gonna go that long but i think because I think they they feel they need to get through the Soraya feud first, and then have Jamie turn. Um, I still say take your time with Jamie. Don't pull that trigger yet. Um, and it's clear that they see the value in Jamie because in the match, uh, she was not the one pinned. Uh, we had a tag match that saw Tony Storm, my absolute favorite, Hikaru Shida, taking on Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Um, Shida having her first appearance on dynamite in a while uh since before um all out but yeah this was great again yeah, it was this was great stuff uh i thought that look everybody has their best match with sheeta speaking of which again uh this week's dark saw sheeta take on marina shafir marina shafir had her best match Surprise with Karushita. Uh and I thought just everybody out there killed it. But I thought this was a great showing for Sheeta and really let her um put on for an audience that may have forgotten what she can do. I thought her exchanges with Brit were really good. I thought the exchanges with Jamie were really good. I thought Jamie got to have a great showing out there and they got to protect Jamie from being pinned, uh, because I feel like Keeping Jamie strong is really important right now, but also she needed to be on the losing side because Britt needed to lose here in order for uh, the match for next Wednesday to be established, which is going to be Tony Storm defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Hikaru Shida. Mm-hmm. Do you want a really startling statistic? I'm always for startling statistics. Let's go. Okay. I don't think the chat's ready for this one. Uh-oh. So... People have noticed, and you should have noticed, things are different with Tony Storm than they've been really in the entire women's division since the existence of AEW. I had pointed out at like eight weeks, I said, it's been eight straight weeks of Tony Storm on Dynamite. I'm pretty sure no woman has gotten eight straight weeks of appearances. People are like, what about Britt Baker? Britt Baker had not. Britt Baker had had backstage segments as champion, things like that. But as far as eight straight appearances in the arena on Dynamite, Tony Storm has gotten that. Now we're up to 10. The statistic I'm about to toss out. Tony Storm, when did she win the title, Cole? When did she win the title? Uh, well, that was at All Out, correct? Yes. All Out was the interim title. Yes. It was last month, right? 
beginning of September. Mm-hmm. After this match with Sheeta next week, Tony Storm will have had more matches as champion on TV. She would have had as many matches on TV in a month and a half as champion as Thunder Rosa had her entire reign going back to March. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa won that title. March had to step away in September. Tony Storm's about to have had as many matches as champion as Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa went through a whole season change. It went from spring to summer. Yes. Oof. Tony Storm has had, I mean, she has been on Dynamite every single week. She has not missed a week since being champion. They have had Tony Storm on the show and she was champion. And she was on every week going into it. So, I don't know. That's a big uh, one. That is, that's startling to, to me as far as, I'm sorry if there's sirens going on, but they're all driving That's the sound uh, of the right police. <laughs> um, but but uh, I was like, really now? Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I wonder. So here's really the question then. The question then becomes why? Why is that the case? Why are we? Why are we seeing? Is this a is this a concerted effort as far as them trying to give direction to the title picture with Tony Storm here and 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 have her be more of a fighting champion than Thunder Rosa was? I, th- I think it, a, it, I think it, it was a, a change of direction. Yeah, coming out of All Out, and I think it was wanting to showcase a champion fully and uh, and on the regular. And Tony Storm is that champ right now, uh, but more so than any other champ they've ever had. Sheeta had the unfortunate. Uh, case of they ran out of people because uh, when Sheeta was champ, she was champ during the period where a whole lot of people were locked down. Yep. Um, and so once they burned through, they like because right after she won the title, Chris Statlander got injured. Right before she won it, Britt Baker got injured. Um, Big Swole was at home, um, and Nyla Rose had just lost the title and she was even at home for a long time. And then after that, but they, those were all people that she did beaten. Um, and they had her beat, uh, uh, who else had she beaten? Um, Penelope Ford. And then it was like, okay, now we're going to start just like bringing in random people. Uh, and they had her like doing the open challenges, beating random women. And that's how they ended up getting Thunder Rosa, but they didn't have the roster for that. Right. So, uh, they didn't have Riho. They there were so many people that were missing during Sheeta's reign. Like I feel like if Sheeta had the reign, uh, if she could have the roster now with that reign before, I think it would have been uh, a lot stronger of a reign. I think it was a strong reign no matter what. She had it for over a year, but uh, I think it would have been stronger had she been able to defend it against more. And they brought like. During her reign, Ty Conti was signed. She defended it against Ty. Like they, they still tried. Like they brought in Rio Mizunami. Like they, they kept bringing in people, but the roster on its own just wasn't strong enough. Um, but then we got to the main event, the main event, Pack All Atlantic Championship defense against Orange Cassidy. This was the fourth time these two have faced each other. Really, the third because let's stop counting pandemic stuff because you're never going to go back and watch any of that stuff. It's fair. Uh, but uh, Orange Cassidy and Pac first time around. Pac got the victory. 
second time around. Pat got the victory, but clocked Orange Cast. And I guess the second one did end in a uh, no contest anyway, um, or a draw. It ended in a draw. Uh, so second time, Pat got the victory with the hammer. This time around, Orange Cassidy. Look, when Orange Cassidy comes in with a fire, he comes in with a fire. And he came in just a blazing. Orange Cassidy fired up, angry. Like, he was angry on Rampage this past week, coming out um, to save Trent against Pac. And he looked good there. He was intense. I love intense Orange Cassidy. And uh, I just thought this was great stuff. I thought this was all really good. Um, these two work really well together. Pac doing the Orange Cassidy kicks and just all of this. This was just awesome stuff. Uh, but Orange Cassidy came, it was wrestling like he wanted to win. Um, this wasn't even all that long, but I thought they used their time so wisely. Uh, and by the end of it, we had a brand new all Atlantic champion. Let me tell you. Send the crowd home happy. Just send them home happy. Let me tell you, speaking of pandemics. Yeah. I, for the rest of my life, will not take moments like this for granted again. Because Pac and Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy getting this victory. Crowd going nuts. Showing the capacity crowd in Toronto. They are panning across. Confetti going everywhere. I thought to myself last night, God, I went a year and a half without that. I will never take that for granted again. Having those kinds of just feel-good moments. It was a really good feel-good moment. Jane playing as best friends make their way out. They get to give Orange Cassidy the hug. Got to give the people what they want. Um, For some reason, Tony Schiavone noted on commentary that Orange Cassidy uh, was... um, Oh, sorry. It was Battle of the Belts. Uh, but the um, Orange, uh, he noted this was Orange Cassidy's 68th win. I felt like that only would have been necessary to note if it was like 69. <laughs> but, uh, not, not quite there. Not quite not there, quite Tony. There. Almost. Yeah. But uh, Orange Cassidy's first title. He won his yeah. first belt. Been one of the top guys in AEW, and he's now a champion. Seeing that crowd go nuts for it, it was great stuff. I It was a really good, feel-good ending. Uh, that I just enjoyed Pac and Orange Cassidy. I could watch them do this together for ages, but I just thought that they had a really great match here, and I feel like the fans finally got rewarded for being behind Orange Cassidy yes. as long as they have been. Yeah, two 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 people whose who style in the ring just they they fit so naturally, and I think Orange Orange Cassidy has always been one of those. Those really kind of hard to 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 pin on. Like, where does he fit? Where does he fit in the in the roster? Because his character is so specific. But at the end of the day, he's a ridiculous talent in the ring. I still think his his match with uh, with Osprey at Forbidden Door is is one of the better matches this year. Oh, yeah. Um I I think like there's there's no doubt about it that like and and when you see Orange Cassidy, it's one of those things that you see it for the first time. And you're like, whoa, this like will blow you away. But at some point, like you, you know his shtick, you know what he's going to be doing. And it's not that it isn't entertaining. It just ends up becoming a case of, okay, this character is what he is. What do you do with him? I think the title picture pictures had to develop as far as AEW is concerned, because for for a while it was one belt, 
it doesn't seem like Orange Cassidy's going to be like, he's not going to, at least at this stage, going to be a world champion, like carrying the banner of the company. TNT title comes out, still doesn't quite seem like he's even that belt. So having this All-Atlantic title, and this is a title that he can kind of move around with and have matches with kind of anyone, anywhere at any time. And that's kind of the nature of how this belt was kind of described. I think it's a perfect fit. And again, he's just a guy who can go anywhere and have a awesome match with anybody. Yeah. And they seem to be heating up uh, Ethan Page for him. So like, that's the thing. That's why I feel like Ethan Page is definitely winning because um, Ethan Page had already made his declaration. He wants Just that don't belt. Matt Hardy in that, right? What I know. Huh. It doesn't make what any sense. Doing? Hey, we got some Humper chats, though. I'm sorry I got that phone call that interrupted. Uh, so I want to read uh, Tony P. He said, uh, I like both matches, but it does look like Hater and Garcia's story is the same. I believe Hater and Britt should go the Triple H and Orton route. Uh, having Brit screw Jamie again, uh, and Garcia should stay uh, should say to hell with Chris and Brian and be on his own. I think that's exactly where they're both going. Um, I think that. So one of my favorite Batista moments uh, uh-huh. ever, Batista and Triple H moments in the build up to that. Do you remember Elimination Chamber? And it was um, New Year's Revolution, two thousand five, the Elimination Chamber match. I'm trying to think back into my my lady. I do not have well, the brain that Will okay. Washington has. But. So there's a moment in that match where Batista's eliminated. And it's one of my favorite yeah. storytelling moments of all time where Orton hits an RKO. So the last three are Orton, Batista, and Triple H. Orton hits an RKO on Batista. And they go, and then the referee counts one, two. And you see Triple H in the background start to stand up, and he sits back down. It's like he's about to break it up, and he's like, uh not gonna bother and like he almost had batista's back but when it came time for it he didn't and like he i kind of looked like he cared for a second he one cared for a second and then and, and, like was like and eh, nah and that was one of those moments and then when batista finds out about that when he watches it back and he sees and he turns to hunter like you could have saved me you could have you could have done something I've had your back this whole time. You haven't had mine. And that moment of realization for Batista is where things went in motion. And then he won the rumble and then turned on evolution. But that moment there was the moment where you saw the light turn on for Dave Batista. I want to see that for Jamie Hayter. I want to see that moment where she realizes she's had Brits back all this time, but the moment it came time for Brit to have hers, she didn't. And that's where it finally hope, turns. I hope they her. do it really subtly too. Like I, I like I, I, I'm not sure what exactly that that is gonna how that would play out. But like just something really subtle that even if it's something we don't necessarily catch when watching it, but then like it does become like a review situation where Jamie goes like, "Huh, that's kind of weird." Like if there's some way that they can they can manage to keep us on our toes with with that and really show a way that that Brit costs Jamie in a very subtle way. That could be really, really, really good. Yeah, that's what I want to see from those two. Uh, let's see. Got he, Tony also says, another great OC pack match. Who do you think will be the first non-contracted wrestler or someone from outside uh, company to win any AEW belt minus ROH? Nobody. He'll never put the belt on somebody he's not under. Who do, he doesn't have a certainty is going to be able to stick around. I don't think right. he's going to do it. Um, and Jennifer says, uh, for dad, Will? Have a hot toddy and slather in Vix. Feel better. Welcome, Cole. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, and let's check out ratings before we wrap up here. Uh, ratings. Uh, I already know what they are, guys. Uh, but <laughs> they, they so, were ready for the ratings then. They're ready yes. for the ratings now. 
Um, AEW Dynamite did 983, so they're back below a million by about 17,000. Uh, rating was a 0.32, and that was good enough to put them at number four uh, behind the uh, MLB playoff games and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, so there are two MLB playoff games. Uh, and and one and one of those games was rain delayed, so it wasn't supposed to be two playoff games going on at the same time. But yes, so eh, that's kind of a like middling, unremarkable. Like I, I saw the chat kind of arguing over whether or not that was like terrible. I don't think it was terrible. Um, I think once you're out of once you're out of reach of a million, then I think you can kind of start talking about that. But it's like within seventeen thousand. Right. I don't know. With um, some pretty easy to point to contributing factors to that. Right. So, so um, I put that kind of a middling doesn't really, there's no one way or the other about that one because literally 17,000 viewers is the difference between, which by the way is like 10,000 is margin of error. And so right. uh, uh, 17,000 is like, eh. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's not really it. Next week is going to be really interesting because the war is back. NXT versus Dynamite is next Tuesday. Oh my God. It's uh, t- turn on televisions. Which one? I don't know. One's got a big title match. I think we know which one we're watching. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see the shows against each other again. It is. And how they stack up against each other. Um, the Wednesday you know, night hey, war has come to Tuesdays. Tony's got strong feelings when, you know, another company wants to broadcast some shows on the same nights that he does. Now, granted, this is not the same situation as, as the all out scrum and how he got mad about them having two pay-per-views over that weekend. Cause that was having two pay-per-views over that weekend. This is a case of, I believe it's a, I believe it's because of the major league baseball playoff schedule and TBS TNT holding those rights to it. So I think that's, that is what is uh, pushing I, I, this. And as the chat pointed out, NXT did a good number. So it did this week. So therefore, who knows? NXT is heating up right now. And they've got Halloween Havoc coming up. Here we go. We'll see. We'll 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 see see what happens. And and there are some good matches on both of those cards. So, uh, you know, I don't sleep. Don't sleep on the NXT stuff. That's that's happening down there. Um, also, don't sleep. Uh, coming up right now, as soon as I hang up here, I don't even get to sit around and talk to Cole anymore because <laughs> we are going straight into Ask Grapsity right now. Head on over to uh, FightfulSelect.com. We're going to be answering your questions. Me, Reg, and Phil doing it right now. Uh, join us next week. I guess the After Dynamite might be on Wednesday. I haven't talked to Sean about that, and I know that we actually have a schedule, so uh, I don't want to run into listing your boy, so I may have to do this show on Thursday and call it Day After Day After Dynamite. I don't know. Guess we'll see. In the meantime, for Cole Henderson. Cole, what do you want to plug? Plug, 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 Just, plug. Just plug my Twitter. I'm tw- I'm tweeting about all kinds of wrestling over there, uh, at Cole Train, C-O-A-L-E Train, all one word. Um, and boy, we're, we're getting ramped up into, into cold sports season of the Avalanche and the Celtics, so I will be a menace on Twitter. It's going to be great. But uh, yeah, just keep track with, uh, with all the wrestling stuff over there. All right. See you next time. Have a great day. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.